Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, welcome back to Supercoach Edge. Well, Liam, so far we've run through the most notable primo, mid-price, value, and rookie picks across both forwards and rucks. Now mm-hmm. it's time to delve a little deeper into the strategy behind your ruck setup, in particular, as it could form the nucleus that dictates as to how much money you have left to spend across the rest of your side. So there are strategies that allow more cash in the bank with riskier <laughs> options that perhaps don't have as much gas in the tank, as it were. <laughs> Then there's breaking the bank in order to get a rolled gold diamond. We'll run through them all and discuss the pros and cons, Liam. Yes, we'll also discuss uh, some merits behind selecting a genuine R3 cash cow in 2024, which isn't something that you know we've necessarily considered in seasons past when it was a spot otherwise reserved for a non-playing loophole player. Before we jump into things, though, uh, to keep up to date with the latest content, news, memes, memes especially, and everything in yep. between. <laughs> you can find us littered across your social channels uh, at on YouTube by searching Supercoach Edge. And please don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified when our content drops from week to week so you never miss an episode. On Twitter, uh, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. Damon at DamoJ88. Myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. And if you search Supercoach Edge on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, you will find us there. Very nice. Well, Liam, before we jump into things, also just want to make mention uh, and congratulations, of course, as well from both of us to Jonas Goat, one of our regular uh, listeners, watchers, uh, always jumps in the comments with uh, really unique gags, I guess, uh, about The Simpsons, which we do enjoy. Very Very niche niche. gags that I love. Yeah, very, very niche. Um, So we asked him, of course, and he did win the, uh, of course, we're referring to the Supercoach Edge hat uh, that was part of our giveaway uh, yes. as part of the, uh, I guess, the Wheel of Misfortune, as some are calling it, uh, for those that missed Wheel out, Wheel of Fortune for him, though. It was Wheel of Fortune for him. And he was part of the race that stopped the nation. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know what we're referring to, go back and have a look at the giveaway mm. video. Uh, those people that fun. entered were assigned an emoji and they literally raced. Uh, it was just random uh, chance, of course, and ended up, uh, he, he came from nowhere. He was like- He did come from nowhere. He was like in fifth spot and he literally tore home the last second to snatch the uh, victory um, from the jaws of defeat. So that was yes, amazing. I wasn't, I wasn't obviously on that video um, and you had messaged me the, um, mm. the, the, the winner and then sent me the link and I watched back and I was like, because obviously you told me that uh, Jonas Goat won and I'm watching this race and I'm like, are you sure, Damon? Are you, are you, yeah. 
Are you sure you didn't get the wrong person? Like, yeah. And then, no, apparently not. He just bloody, I don't know, started whipping that horse real hard. Yeah. He's absolutely Came from absolutely it. nowhere. Yeah. And it was, it was funny as well because his emoji that he was assigned was a bunny. So he was like, he was oh. literally <laughs> bounding home. He was, yes. uh, you could say that he Energize pulled- a bunny. Yeah, exactly. Or he pulled a rabbit from the hat. Because, uh, yes. yeah, he- it, he absolutely came from nowhere. But uh, congratulations again, Jonas. Um, and uh, yeah, we do enjoy your patronage and support. Yes, most certainly. But Liam, it is time. It is time for strategies, structures, everything else. Shall we do it? Yes. <laughs> I love this show. Well, among the talking points, we've got a few points here, Liam. And the first one is, and it's something that we touched on, obviously, in the last episode as well. And it is, can you start English at 7.15? 0.1k. It's nigh. It's good time then for us to, I guess, jump into these things and just rehash because um, in terms of structure, the way that you structure one part of your team can dictate how you structure the rest of your mm. team. And I think the ruck line is pretty important, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Something that we touched on again in the, in the last episode was how much it will cost you to have Gorn and Grunby combined mm. and looking at what that means, like obviously as an average, we chatted about that potentially. I mean, we don't know because obviously we can't look at last season as, as really a guide, but let's say, you know, I mean, Gorn averaged what 111 if we account for that injury affected game last mm. season. Um, Brundy, I'm not sure on what we would classify him as having average, but let's say he can get up to about 110. Yep. Like, that's what 18-ish points off, 17, 18 points off what English averaged last year, yep. which obviously is points every week. But I think when you combine those two price points and then consider the fact that you'd have to get someone at about 350K to spend the same amount on Gorn and Grundy as you would if you got English and another player. So you're looking at a 350K yeah. ruck and you're looking at a player like, I don't know, Draper. Not yeah. even, so not even Draper's still too expensive. Draper's 400, I think. Um, you're looking at a Nick Bryan. You're looking at a. There's, uh, there's no one like a Braden there's Cruz. There's no one. Mason Cox, yep. Lloyd Meek. Yeah, Mason Cox is probably a really good example yeah. of it. Like Darcy that's Ford. the level of ruck you're looking at. They're not they're like not secondary really rucks be a anyway. Ruck. They're all secondary yeah. rucks, except for probably Proust. Proust is probably the only outlier there. Um, ben Miller. Samson mm. Ryan, like you're not going to yeah. get someone who's going to. So consider that, like, I mean, let's just have a look. All right, Mason Cox, what did he average last season? He averaged sixty three point five. So, you know, you're looking at your one twenty eight from um, English plus your sixty three point five. That gets you a one ninety one point five. If you then go Gordon and Grundy, and we're saying about one hundred and ten and one hundred and eleven which I think yep. is conservative potentially, that's 221. Yeah. So you, you know what I mean? Like obviously you could go for a Gorn and an English or a Grundy and an English, but then you're spending 715 plus, I don't even know what Gorn is um, off the top of my head. Gorn's 583.7. Yeah. So then you're spending 1.2 mil, well, almost yeah. 1.3 on two players on your yeah. ruck line. That doesn't include your R3. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah, and it, it goes back to that point, doesn't it, just in terms of value? Like you can't mm. – and I, I guess like we all talk about it, like not just us but other content creators as well, but like you listen to 
someone who's an absolute goat in the game in fantasy and and most recently super coach, but Moro is magic. He talks about value and it, he applies the methodology to fantasy, but also it applies to super coach in that you've got to pick guys that you think will exceed their average of last year in order to provide that value, which means that you're getting a discount on the player by starting them. And it means mm. that you can spend money elsewhere. So as you just pointed to there, like why would you pay top dollar for English and be left with, you know, a, some loose sum of money to be able to afford a bloody a shit player in Mason Cox. And collectively they're not going to be able to provide the same output and average mm. like a Gordy combo. Um, so that's kind of the whole value side of things. Um, and yeah, it just, it goes back to that point, um, that we made in the previous episode as well, that, you know, if you're going for Gorn over English, you're saving 131.4 K that sort of money you could use to, as we use an example, upgrade Matt Crouch to Andy Brayshaw and give you another premium. So if you view Gorn as a fallen premium, um, and use that money that you would be saving by going for him instead of paying do- top dollar for English, you mm. can bring in another premium. So you get two premiums uh, instead of one premium in English and, you know, uh, and maybe in a Matt Crouch uh, in that example there. So if you can afford him. Uh, but, yeah, it's a good debate. I think to on have. top of that, the other thing to consider with that is that English is priced at 128. He scores, like if he drops – a 100 in his first game or a hundred in his mm. first game or 110 in his second game, he's going to start dropping in price and you've yeah. paid for him at a 128 average. He's got to hit that 128 average to keep that price point. Yep. So that's sort of the risk that you take with him as well in that a Gorn and a Grundy don't need to reach that lofty height. You know, yep. Max Gorn is priced at an average of a um, hundred and four. I think it was, wasn't it? Yes, 104.5, yep. Yeah, 104.5. And so, you know, there's a, every chance that, as we said, his actual average is 111 when you consider that, you know, one of those games was literal zero when he <laughs> got injured. So that's going to help him. Likewise, Grundy's priced at an average of, what, 86, I think it was. Um, mm. Again, like he's probably going to score, you'd, you'd probably expect he gets back up there to at least a, a hundred. Like the yeah. chances of him dropping from that price point is much lower. So yeah. I think that's another thing you've got to factor in is that potentially you could get English cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, he finished the seat. He, he averaged 128 and I think his last five games of the season, he went at 127.8. So mm-hmm. it's looking less and less likely that he does drop from there. But there's obviously the injury concerns with his um, migraine issues and his concussion issues. Um, he obviously is right to play and is in contact training, but just something mm-hmm. to consider. That being said, on the flip side, devil's advocate, is it worth paying 715 k for for English and knowing that you're going to get a player who is a genuine captaincy option most weeks? Mm, yeah, spot on. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I like, think... is, that what you're, is that what you're losing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Because th- there are benefits to starting English. I mean, we talk about it in a negative sense, but there are obvious uh, positives, like you mentioned there. And like, yeah, it just it just reads in his stats like 100 plus in 20 games, 120 plus in 15 games. So, you know, he's obviously got the high floor, high ceiling. Um, so a bit of a safety net there with the high floor, but also that high ceiling that you get very rarely uh, from primos. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, as a as a as a VC option, depending on obviously when he plays in the round, uh, is so valuable. But also having him there as a fallback option, as your genuine captaincy option, is if, if your VC fails, is something that's pretty uh, pretty valuable. So he, he does come with an extra benefit and bonus at that price point. But yeah, I don't know. Does that warrant paying the extra four over someone like Gorn, like the, paying that extra one hundred thirty one point four k? For English over Gorn, like, is it is it worth having that extra bonus? I think Gorn, if he can get back to his averages and output, you know, if it's similar to English, which I think it, I think it could be, um, he provides it anyway. I think, um, mm. but there's obviously a risk there because you don't know if that's going to happen. But the data does say that uh, all indicators point to that because without Grunder being there, cramping his style, without Luke Jackson there, which he had his style cramped uh, in the seasons prior to that. Um, and just seeing the impact on him uh, with those guys there and with them no longer there, I think Gorn, there's, there's every chance that that he gets. Because for me, if you're not choosing English, you're choosing either one of or both of the of the Grundy-Gorn combo. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable. Like the other option, I think, and probably something to discuss just quickly, but are there any other guys, even though we touched on them uh, in the previous episode, outside of Gondi, that we, we would be comfortable in starting if it wasn't English? I basically can't. What you're saying is I can't pick English, Gorn, or Grundy. Say, say you were going for one of Gorn or Grundy and the other option in your team. You could pick anyone but yeah. English. <clears throat> would you feel comfortable in doing that? Um, talking in terms me... of upside here, like going back to what we're talking about with value. Um, so guys that, that could potentially exceed their starting average of last year, the 2023 average. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm exactly. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to say the only guy potentially is maybe a soldo priced it a little bit more expensive than a Grundy. Yep. He's probably the only one that I then kind of go, oh, maybe, but there's too many unknowns with, with him as well. Like yeah. it's really, that's gone to my head. If you said to me, uh, realistically, when I look at my rucks, I the, there's three players I'm considering and it is English, Gordon, and Grundy. Yeah. Um, and it's really in the opposite order that I just said. It's Grundy, Corn, and English. And that, that, that's probably my preferences at this stage. Yeah. I think the only guy that I would be keen on starting uh, is Rowan Marshall because um, he's like yeah. of all the guys. But again, I think I don't see too much more upside. I can see him maybe reaching the heights that he did in 2023. But again, it's one season that he's had the breakout. Um, and I think that's the difference. I think St. Kilda will they it, improve, yeah. all that sort of stuff. I think that's the difference with what I would consider there. I probably wasn't looking at Marshall purely because I don't see there's any value. Yeah. You're paying you pay six thirty nine, yeah, and you're hoping he can maintain an average of one fourteen point three from last season. Mm. Like, yeah, that I know he's this. I know he's never really been this the solo rock. Yeah, but his best average in a season before that was twenty nineteen when he played twenty games and averaged one hundred and ten. Like, mm. and then the next one is one hundred and three, and that was in COVID season. Yeah, so it's it's hard. I don't know. I don't mind Marshall. Yep. Um, I just six thirty nine k is a lot of money for him. 
Yeah, again, he's probably in that bracket. I think anyone over 600K is probably too much. Again, contextualizing it when you put it alongside Gorn being priced at 583.7. He's kind of the benchmark just, for me. Yeah. It's just there's no there's no one above him that presents the same value that Gorn does with his history. Yeah. Like it's just he's got too many runs on the board. Sean Darcy, injury prone, going to the season with injury recovery. Jared Witts, not a massive fan of him again. He beats up on lesser opponents um, and had a favorable draw what, a couple of seasons ago, which inflated his average. Uh, again, uh, it came back from an injury, but 106.1. Yeah. And Kieran Briggs, again, had one breakout year and that's it. So not, not a massive fan. The only other guy I would probably consider, and I don't think he's necessarily a value option, but just a pot option, yep. is probably Nank at 583.1. Yep. Averaged 104.3 last season, low score of 52, which looks like a bit of an outlier because yep. um, his next best, next lowest score was 82. Um, and he turned up, so he did miss a few games with injury, obviously, um, but he turned up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. And then his next, the next score after 108 was a 97. And a 96, yeah. a 96, a 94, 82, and then a 52. He's probably the only guy that I feel like there might be some upside with um, just purely because he didn't play so many games. But even then, I don't know if it's upside. Like, mm. I, I, it, it probably more comes down to the fact that I'm like, oh, I'd rather pay 583.1 for Nank than 639 for a Marshall. Like, yeah. I'd rather that, you know, 40... Uh, 60k price difference. Yep. And just just to put a bow on this, uh, I guess this uh, this question that we've posed. Uh, in terms of when we talk about you know potentially viewing English as an upgrade option in season, mm. just to give a bit of an idea, uh, just crunch some quick numbers here. So if his average drops from 128 to 120. His price will drop from 715.1K to 670.4K. So 45K he will drop if his average drops by eight points, which is a fair assumption that that could happen at, at some point in the season. I mean, it obviously average dips, uh, ebbs and flows throughout the season. But if he starts the season with a three-game rolling average across the first three rounds of 120, he will drop 45K. And then off the back of that, if one of his games is again a bit of a downer, he will plummet further. And looking at Supercoach Gold, I guess, just for context here, they have him at his bottom price for the season in round nine, and his bottom price is 668.4K. Oh, really? Jeez. Yeah. So, I mean, look, they've got lofty expectations for him in terms of um, projected scores. Yeah because they don't have him going below 110. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I've just pulled For the up. season, yeah, yeah. which, oof, that'd be unlikely. Like, if he does that, then we should be paying up for him. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. They have him, like, yeah, they don't, yeah, they don't have him going below 110 for the season. Yeah. So I don't know how much we can look at that as a realistic, like we, we know he's going to drop a, a 90 or an yeah. 80, 85 or something um, across the season. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think you can start him. 
if Gorn mm. or Grundy weren't in the position they're currently in going to 2024, yeah. we might be saying different. And look, you know what? If I'm gonna I'm gonna say I will be saying different if Gorn or Grundy goes down with injury at training. Yeah. yeah. If Gorn if one of Gorn yeah. or Grundy Changes goes things. down, English is is in hundred percent. Yeah. And I'll have to restructure my side to do it. Gorn and Grundy present as, as value and a potential and there's a logic behind picking those two. I just don't think anyone else presents enough value. Yeah. And the other side of it as well is that uh both Grundy and Gorn could end up being keepers. Like they like English may still finish as the number one scoring ruck across the course of the season, but Gorn and Grundy may finish in second and third. Which then, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that didn't go for English in 2023 because they're worried about his injury history, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and they still scored all right without him. Um, so I think we can get away without I having him in our teams. I will say that I think with 2023, it became a year of the haves and the have-nots. I think if you didn't have English, if you didn't have Dawson early, yeah. um, if you didn't have uh, a few of those sort of players, there was a fair few players that if you didn't have them, you kind of fell behind quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and it really created a season where, you, yeah, you really needed those top players. I think that's a unique season, though. I don't think we've seen that before. Mm. Um, and I think that'll be... I think last year there was a lot of similarity in teams. I think this year there'll be a bit of difference. Yeah. It probably answers another one of our questions where we were going to ask the question about, you know, could you start a relatively rookie slash mid-price ruck in R2? No. Like it's... No. No. I mean, yes, if you classify Grundy as yeah. mid-priced at 481k. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was spot on. Uh, but yeah, outside of those really. guys, no. No. Like... I'm all for picking a sweet if he has a good role. I'm all for speak picking. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. A Conway if he if he makes the team in round one. As R3s. Um as R3s. Yeah. Um, or I'm just having a quick look. At who else exists here yeah. um, at those lower end or a Naismith if he somehow gets picked for, for Richmond as a ruck at 123.9K. Yeah. But there are threes. You can't put them at R2. No, no exactly right. And like, um, like, as we spoke of, like Cherry's probably the only guy who you could and, potentially, and even then, even though he presents potential value, the risk that comes with it is out of this world. What about? Uh, I I actually don't. I'm going to admit ignorance here. What about Bruce? Like, what is? I don't know what's happened to him. Is he surely? Surely he's like 
he's like, nowhere now with Briggs like coming to the fore. Is and, he and showing just doesn't exist? Yeah, it's like this pretty guy, much. I swear to God, what is his name, Brandon? Didn't he get banned for 10 years for just being an absolute moron and doing moronic things on field? Because he oh, should have been. Sorry. Oh, yeah, he was, uh, what's the name? Nank. Nank. He, was, Nank. he was Mummy. Um, he was Mummy 2.0. Mummy 2.0. Yeah. Um, but I guess quickly, just to answer that question, it's a no. He yeah. re-signed, put pen to paper on New Deal last year. Oh, wow. Jeez, um, Jeez he knows how to swindle. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was just assuming, like, is, yeah. is he got is he injured? But he's probably the only one at that price point of 300K. Oh, sorry, is he 300? 308.2K that would present as an option. The issue for him, though, is that he's just not going to get the games unless Briggs goes down. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and that's, that's really the only, he's the only one that stands out because, I mean, Lloyd Meek, maybe, at yeah. 357.3. There's potential for him to grow Reeves at 375. Yeah. But otherwise, like Nick Bryan, I don't think will get enough game time. Draper, likewise, DeConning, no. Cherry, we discussed in the last episode. Yeah. Um, the thing is, with all those guys at that price point, unless you're going to the season with like a big amount of cash in your kitty, um, you're going to paint yourself into a corner. Yeah, If exactly. those guys get injured, which as we spoke about with, with uh, Cherry last year, got injured in round one, and those people that jumped on him, they were cooked in fantasy and super coach alike because they didn't have anyone around that price point without having to use extra cash. Um, or, you know, I think there were some people that ended up trading in a primo, like downgrading a primo in order to make the cash to upgrade Cherry to a genuine ruck primo. So you're compromising your side and you're also wasting a trade in order to make up for that risk of starting a Cherry or a, whoever it may be. So could you could you do it though? If you start Tim English at 715k and then you go, so I'm doing some quick maths here, and then you go a cherry at 407. Yeah. It's 1.12 mil. And what does cherry average last season? So he's at price at 73 plus 128. Probably gets you to roughly, it just gets you to just under what Gorn and Grundy theoretically would provide. Is that then okay? Would you then accept that? Because there's potential upside with a cherry to, to score more than that 73. And what was that total? 1.1? 1. 1.1 1. 1. Uh, 1. 1 mil, yeah. So it's probably rough. It's a bit more expensive than a Gorn and a Grundy. Yeah, say. Gorn and Grundy is a million and 65,000. Yeah. So you're spending um, probably an extra 600K. Yeah. Well, you'd need to average more. Sorry, 60, 60 odd K. Yeah. I guess in that scenario, the only benefit is if, say, English finishes as the number one ruck, you've already got him in your team, and you're using Cherry as a genuine stepping stone. So you're using him yeah. as a playing cash cow. Yeah. Um, to with the to aim a Gorn or a, a exactly R two. Yeah. yeah. And the benefit That's is the only way it works. You're re reducing your risk, I guess, because you've also got English. Yeah. Mm, mm. Not yeah. It's not. It's still not enticing, no. though. No. No. Because I still think I'd be happy with the Gaundy combo. And I still I still think they're going to finish second and third, um, at least in the top five minimum, both of those guys. Mm. Uh, I can see at least one of those finishing second behind English. But in the scenario also that if English goes back to being, you know, the not as durable bloke that he has been in, in previous seasons, and you start with English and you start with Cherry. You if Cherry fails. Players that are, yeah. 
Yeah, if Cherry fails, English gets injured. You're behind the eight ball twice over. If English fails and Cherry's good, well, mm. at least English is at the price point where you could potentially downgrade into a Gorn or a Grundy and, and you'd be okay in that sense. Mm. But um, if Cherry fails, yeah. It's, yeah, I'm not sure. And it compromises the rest of your team as well, as we always talked about it as well, with the extra price point of of English. Um, it just means you got one less primo, you know, somewhere else on field. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. I think based off this, I think we have probably, I feel like we're on the same page here. The best yeah. three options are Gorn, Grundy, and English. Yeah. Um, and it's just figuring out how you how you manage that across your field. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. The um. So yeah, we're pretty we're pretty um set on uh, Gordy, of course. Yeah. Um, the only other thing to discuss is, I guess, running with a loophole player in R three. But I think with twenty twenty four, as you know, with multiple buys, early season buys, and then those regular season buys late in the season. Mm. Um. It's a unique scenario, and I'll probably use an example here for those people that didn't play BBL Supercoach um, because I refer to that in the BBL season, there was nine rounds, shortened season, but eight of those nine rounds, there were buys, and there was the question going to the season, oh, do I still start with a loophole player, um, like a wicket-keeping position, which is equivalent to like a ruck three. Um, and I was big on no uh, for those people that tuned into my uh, weekly videos because of that fact that there were buys in eight of the nine rounds. And chances are you're at least going to have one player, if not more, that are going to be on a buy on any given week that can be used as a loophole player. So I think that's kind of where that same sort of methodology and thinking mm. comes into in 2024 with the AFL season, with you know the inclusion of round zero on those multiple buy weeks. Um. So I guess that's one side of it. Um, but the other side is in terms of the best 18 for the early season buy rounds, round two, three, five, and six. We obviously need as many guys in the park as we can get. So if one of the one of the cheap guys in Conway or Sweet, for example, they are playing, it means that we get an extra bloke on field potentially that might score well. Um, all well enough to um, to be brought on as our best A-team player. Um, and then I guess out of that as well, potentially they could play, you know, extra games and up until, you know, if they have an early season buy or whatever, you could hold them for three to four cash rises and then punt them for a genuine loophole player uh, for some early cash injection um, leading up to the later season buy rounds where, again, we may have more players in the buy in our team that we could use as loophole players. That's sort of the the other side of things. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts, Liam? Are you, uh, are you keen on this? Um, considering, I mean, Conway, just speaking to him, he's at a higher price point, 180-odd. Uh, yeah. Sweet's, what, 153 or thereabouts. Um, so they're not the traditional low cash options. No. Yeah. Um, but do you think this is this is the season? Are you in agreement yeah. uh, that this is maybe a year that we we take the punt and use the R3 option as a genuine cash cow um, avenue. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think this is going to be the first year I don't start a loop option. I think one, as you said, early weeks, we're going to have so many buys that it's going to make yeah. it easy to cover a loophole option. Like round one, there's no buy. Round two, the Lions and Carlton are on a buy. 
Uh, round three, yeah. Gold Coast Giants. Round five is Collingwood and Sydney. And then round six is Melbourne and Richmond. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically looking at it, you've got in the first one, two, three, four, five, six rounds, four of those, only two rounds, you're not going to have a buy player that you can use as a loop option. Yeah. So what I will say is that I feel like every year there's a rookie that you pick that doesn't keep playing. Yeah. It's a Campbell Chesser. It's a, um, but it's a player that you've picked that's, you know, going to get dropped. They're going to get injured, whatever it might be um, as well, that you can then use as a loop option. I think by starting a loop option, as well as, as that happening, you end up with so like you end up with two players essentially that are now loop yeah. options that you don't need. So I think what I and this year, especially with the extra buys, I think we need as many players as we can have on field mm. um playing as options. So my plan will be not to start a loophole at all. And I think in the yeah. rucks, if we have that opportunity. The ruck so that being said, if we don't have a ruck option that we can start as a loophole because you know that Conway hasn't been selected in the suite is yeah now playing in the sandful instead of the VFL, um, yeah. uh, then I will go for a loophole in R3 because, like, there's less players there. It's unlikely we're going to get one. Yeah. Um, but if Conway or Sweet are named, they will be – one of them will be in my side. Yep. No, well summarised there in terms of both sides as well, uh, which is good to uh, to present because devil's advocate at this time of year, like, we still don't know the way things are going to land – Who's no. going to obviously play round round one? Um, yeah, obviously discounting round zero, who I referred to before because it doesn't count. But um, yeah, it's just a shame that none of the guys like Sweet um, uh, or Conway are playing in round zero because it would be nice to kind of see how they how they went. But uh, you will just have to wait until literally round one uh, traditionally and uh, see if they get selected and and assess from there. Um, outside of that. Uh, we spoke about uh, the Gondi combo. Um, we spoke about mm-hmm. English. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we? No, uh, I think we covered everything because I think we've also spoken a bit about the structure for the rucks. Yeah. Um, in that we think, uh, uh, and I guess just to go a bit further here, I do personally think I'm picking Gorn and Grundy probably as keepers at this stage. Yeah. Like I don't have intention to move them on. Obviously, no. I'm assuming no injury or anything. But yep. regardless, I kind of see them as finishing as not necessarily R1 and R2 mm. uh, or the top two rucks for the season, um, but I do see them finishing high enough that it's worth. Like you've got to also factor in the cost of the trade in terms of points. Like yeah, I know we're getting well, the four. I know we're getting, what is it, 40 trades this year. So yeah. they're getting more. They're less valuable. But uh, I just feel like there's opportunity now to – there's going to be more strategy around trades because you could hold them. Like you could, mm. you could choose to hold them until really late in the season and make sure you could have, you know, lots of opportunity to upgrade primos at the end of the year. Mm. Um, you know, not upgrade primos, but sort of sideways a primo who's underperforming for one that's um, playing well or, you know, doing that at the start of the season or whatever it might be. Um, mm. So I do think as well as that, you've got to factor in the value of a trade. Um, in terms yep. of points and whether it is worth it. Um, but I do, I am picking Gordon and Grundy as keepers. And I personally think that you should probably pick your rucks as keepers yep. at this stage of the season. I don't think there's enough value. It's not like seasons gone by where we had a Pruce 
mm. who was super undervalued, was coming in as a first ruck for, for, for GWS. And we knew that, you know, there was that value there. And we yeah. could use him as a stepping stone. I just don't think anyone's quite there. Cherry's the only one that we've discussed that may be yep. there, but I still just don't think it's, I still don't think he is. I think there's too many question marks with his injury mm. now um, yep. and just his scoring in general. Yeah, his development, like we spoke of, like around the ground, doesn't take enough marks, all that sort of stuff. And there was knocks in his game. That was part of the reason why he kind of lost the mantle that was given to him yeah, ever so briefly when Goldie uh, was back in the team and pretty much took over back the mantle again because of the fact that they weren't too happy with the work that he was doing around the ground. Um, but I think there's enough examples out there, isn't there? Like in terms of structure, taking those risks in going for a cherry who, again, last year, he cooked himself, cooked those people that selected him. Go back further than that, you spoke of Bruce. He lasted up until a point, suspensions, injuries. Yeah. Even before him, remember when Naismith was number one ruck at Sydney? Mm. Uh, a lot of people started with him. Similar yep. sort of price point. I think it was about 250, 300 range. People thought, yes, okay, this is amazing. I'm going to put a trade aside with the intention of upgrading him when yeah. he, you know, obviously increases in price. Didn't get to that stage. Unfortunately, he did his knee for like the fifth time or whatever, the poor bloke. Mm, but poor bloke. again, there's so many examples over the course of Supercoach where taking those risks, if they come off, great. But I almost feel as if like in the ruck, there's higher stakes. There's only two positions that you have to mm. fill. It's not as if you're in the midfield with eight positions or in defense or forward with six, where there isn't as high stakes. If you miss a guy or whatever, you can trade them in later. But two positions, you need to get at the very least, you know, one of those guys being a top two ruck, the other one being, you know, top three to four to be really in it and uh, justify having those guys in those positions. Because I just don't feel as though there's enough reward v risk in starting someone like a Cherry or a Pruce or someone else that could be used as a stepping stone because as we've said and noted on those examples that if they fail, you are absolutely cooked um, because the other side of it, if you were to go into the season with a safety net with 150K in the bank, again, you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're taking 150K away from your team that you could be injecting to bring in another premium um, by upgrading a, a mid-pricer to a mm. premium potentially uh, with that cash. So um, hence the reason why I think rucks should be set and forget if you can. Um, and just with the fact that the season is the way it is with um, both for Gorn and Grundy, uh, it's very fortunate for both of those guys. Both have good history behind them. Uh, and indicators are they they should be getting back to you know where – they have averaged quite well in the past. Might be some slight regression in the case of Gorn, especially because he is, as you mentioned, um, what, 32 or something now, um, heading into the season. Um, but at the very least, I think, you know, he's shown enough across the journey, whereas as a number one ruck, he doesn't need a chop out. He's that endurance beast and can do it all, uh, as we know, at forward as well. So, yeah, I don't know. Have you got anything else to add, Liam? Otherwise, um, that's pretty no. much it, I think. No, I think that's it. I think um, I think it was a good chat. I think it was a good yeah. chat about English. I think it was a good chat about Gordon Grundy and other players um, yep. and a different structure for it. Obviously, we spoke about all these players as options but in the last episode, but I think this gave us an opportunity to look at structures, look at pros and cons of how you line them up, and then yep. obviously talking. I think it's a really interesting thing, the loophole player at R3. Yeah. I think this season presents a really interesting conundrum for it and why we shouldn't mm -hmm. do it. 
And I think as well, and I might touch on it a bit later when I talk about my team, um, is not choosing a loophole, as I yeah. said, at all, on any line um, at this stage of the season. You know, maybe looking at it as, a, as an option later. Yeah. Hundred percent, and yeah, of course we'll revisit this uh, closer to the season, of course, um, and yes. then coming out of the back of the scratch matches and then the official preseason games, because you know the cream will rise to the top and we'll start to see um, those guys that are in contention, and things may change. So um, you know we mentioned that now, um, but that's kind of the way things lie as it stands. So Liam, that's uh, rounds us out for this chat. Very good yes. uh, chatting to you, of course, chatting strategy, um, structure, everything else, uh, because as we said, it's probably the most important when it comes to your team. It's it's in the middle. It's the nucleus, Liam. It's the nucleus. It is. It really is. Mm. I so, think um, the rucks, the rucks are the interesting ones. It's, it's, it's a funny strategy. I think it changes from your forwards. And you said, as we said, mids and defenders where you have so many players that yeah. Individual player doesn't make as big a difference. Whereas I think in the rucks, because there's two, it is almost worth sitting and forgetting and moving on because it's yeah. hard to, I think it's also a position that we don't get variety in. Like yeah. We don't get, we don't get like the mid prices are generally mid prices because that's how they score. It's yeah. there's, there's not as much of a breakout opportunity um, from year to year. So yeah, rucks are a, a funny, funny area. Um, but good to chat. Good to chat about them. Yep. Well, very nice. Well, uh, as we said, that uh, that rounds us out for this chat. But uh, of course, if there are any, you know, rucks um, that you want us to uh, chat about in a bit more detail, but um, of course, we touched on pretty much all the main ones in the previous episode. But even with regards to any strategies, uh, any specific moves mm. um, that you'd like us to touch on or, or cover, let us know, of course, uh, via um, YouTube comment below this video or you can reach out to us, Liam, via our socials. Yes, and you can do that on Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, if you said supercoach edge, you'll find us there. And on Twitter for Damon, uh, he's at, at DamonJ88 and myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. Very nice. Well, uh, for the next video, I think uh, I might be doing a bit of an unveiling of my team, Liam. Ooh. Yes, uh, I've been tinkering with it, and uh, I see see people still commenting on my very first draft, which was uh, pre uh, the buy um, explanation as to how Supercoach was going to tackle that with round zero mm. not counting. Um, did my team prior to that, and of course did it prior to the knowledge of uh, us getting four extra trades with a total of 40 heading into 2024. So with all that in mind, I have constructed a mm. bit of a team that I'm quite happy with, I must say. Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah, so uh, I, mean, I haven't seen it as well. I have to say, mm, we don't yeah. know. Neither of us know what either of our teams look like. Yeah, I was very tempted to send it to you, but I thought I might surprise you. I might surprise you. Um, Please. Yes, because there are a couple of guys there that uh, I did a little bit more delving into, and it's to do with um, other areas uh, of the team that we're yet to chat about uh, in defenders week and midfielders week. Mm. Um, that I brought into my team that uh, yeah it might be a. I don't know, not a surprise, but it's it's going to be a bit of a hidden gem potentially. Let's, let's Ooh, just say I'd that. Like to hear that. Yeah, bit of a bit of bait there, uh, just to wet the whistle um, for when when it is <laughs> announced. Well, that's it, Liam. Thank you so much for uh, the chat and debate. Uh, ever so important, but uh, thank you also for tuning in, our dear listeners and viewers. So we'll uh, we'll start again next week. Uh, chat about all things midfielders, um, which is going mm -hmm. to be a juicy, juicy episode, no doubt. So I yeah, uh, can't wait to delve into that. 
We'll reconvene then and we'll catch everyone when we do next week. So I'll see you then. See you guys.